This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I'm Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. All right. The first of five episodes this week. We're doing it. Grand final week. Got to dig deep, just like the players, and go that extra yard. So we'll be giving you a show every day, hopefully, this week, if all goes to plan. So today's show, we'll just be talking about what we saw on the weekend, and then we'll sort of get into the grand final action, the teams, all that stuff later on. But uh, for right now, we've got to go back in time to Friday night, where Parramatta secured one of the finest wins in club history, I think it's fair to say, going up there. I know that the books didn't have them as that huge of an underdog, but there was a lot of history against them, a lot of pressure on them to finally get back to a grand final. And uh, they did it, Mitch. They did it despite being down two scores with 20 minutes left. Yeah, as you said, like, I know when we say in history, very often you can be exaggerating. And again, we don't know a lot of Parramatta's history either, right? We don't before our, our birth. But considering it's a club that, Essentially, has like he has like two of the biggest, longest premiership routes in in, in NRL history. It's like before their little winning period in the eighties, and then since and then, since, been, yeah. they've both been forty year droughts. So I think we're pretty comfortable in saying that this actually is one of the best wins in club history. And if people don't know that, it's like you know, um, they won what in eighty one, eighty two, eighty three, and eighty six. Yeah, but they did not win from inception from nineteen forty seven until that year. And then they haven't won since 86. So it's like they went through this one little brief period and the rest of the history, they haven't won shit. Um, so I do think it's that, but it's certainly one of the finest wins I can remember from, from them until maybe like all the way back to the early thousands, mm. you know, and they've had some really landmark wins over good sides the last couple of years. But to go up into, to, you know, away from North Queensland on the rest, to be down, to be looking like you're getting like the shit kicked out of them. Honestly, they didn't have any field position. And to hang on and then, you know, get that lead and hold on to it. It was a, a fantastic win. And one, obviously, their fans in that club would be very proud of. And one that certainly um, probably saved Brad Arthur's future there, which is a silly thing anyway. But it probably saved his job. He probably has a few more uh, b- balls in his court now. Yeah, that, that discourse looks even sillier than we already thought it, it was now that they're in a grand final. But um, yeah, this was a game where, I mean, we were talking throughout. And I said that, uh, I, I know that Parramatta scored first, but it was kind of against the run of play and also wasn't a try because it went 10 metres forward. But it, it, Cowboys were just belting them in that opening 20 minutes. And then we just kept waiting and waiting for North Queensland to pull away and it just didn't happen. Well, they and, did, right? They did start yeah. doing well, it in the 53rd yeah. minute, you know? But yeah, they just didn't go away, which I, I guess is... I mean, you look back at those finals losses they've had in recent years, they never really get flogged. They sort of just get kept at arm's length by yeah. Melbourne or South or Penrith or whoever it was, or lose narrowly, especially in that Penrith game last year. But yeah, they just hung around and then, you know, they came alive for 10 minutes, got a couple of tries and, and then just held on. I thought that North Queensland's attacking options in the last 20 minutes were abysmal. I thought that they were playing mm-hmm. much like South in the next game. They weren't playing like the team that had the lead. They were pushing passes when they didn't need to. They, they weren't kicking smartly. They were basically playing like it was the last set of the game and they needed to score a try to level things up or something like that. Not a team that was ahead by a couple of scores and just needed to sort of get through their sets and finish the game. And I know that 
I know that people say that, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, and, you know, they're enterprising attack. They do score a lot of tries from inside their own half and uh, all that stuff. But, you know, there is a time and a place for that, I think. And I think when you're winning against a team that, honestly, up until that point, hadn't shown all that much in terms of attacking resilience themselves. I mean, they, every time they got up there, they scored basically, but they were having a really hard time getting up there. So mm-hmm. to just keep gifting them field position, I thought was just the worst thing they could have done really. Well, yeah. What I found really impressive, mate, personally, is like they didn't love the bench, Brad Arthur and Nain, but what I, like, and they had their rotations thrown out early by uh, the HIAs, just Sean Lane and Papali'i and all that kind of stuff. But, I, what you mentioned, you know, the error period that came, but around the 50th minute, I was texting Campo and we both pretty much said it was over when when Valheim, sorry, Talangi scores and, um, so, uh, you know, Talangi scores and Holmes converts, whatever. Just before that, we're talking like, mate, he's got to get Junior Barlow off the field. He's gassed and, you know, and we just thought he's, I thought he was going to stick to his rotations, but credit to him, he got Barlow off. And he uh, and then after that try, he also made another sub near Cora on, mm. and it, all it took was that Scott Drinkwater mistake, and all of a sudden that Parramatta, you know, that middle lighter middle they put on there, and Sean Linus like kicked into gear, you know, they start they rolled up the field, uh, you know, the Rick and Campbell Gillard try is an embarrassment. That second one for 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 preliminary final defense and for a team that had cut their teeth a bit on their defense throughout the year. The last couple of weeks have been embarrassing for the Cowboys, but they scored that. And just to have the energy right, in the tank, left in the tank, but also the way he used his bench there, I thought it was really good from from Arthur. And then after he scored that try, they kicked the conversion, and about two minutes later, he brought Barlow back on. Ten minutes still on the bench, and I thought he managed that a lot better than how uh, Peyton managed Jason Tamalolo. Yeah, that was weird. They basically waited until that Regan Campbell Gillard try to make the changes that they needed to change. Um he yeah, ran they, right they, through the they, teeth of them. Yeah, they took him um, off and then the Sevo scored and then they put him right back on. It's like, well you didn't, you know, you didn't really give him the proactive rest he probably needed. Mm. He'd already had a rest too with the Simbit. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, that was I thought that was really good. But as you said, um I don't I mean, the the Eels made more mistakes, mate. We say like handing the ball. Mm. The Eels made more mistakes, gave away more penalties, gave away more ruck infringements. You know, missed more tackles, made more tackles, had less possession. All everything negative was against them essentially, but they just defended so tough on their mm. goal line. And, and and then when they got into the the Cowboys territory, they they took like literally every opportunity. I know the four pass happened. You know, whatever the four pass happened, but they only had seven play the balls inside the Cowboys twenty the entire game and scored twenty four points. That's quite good. Um, and I, I thought Chad especially kicking was not good in the in the back <laughs> half of that game. I don't understand. Like it was poor. They Real poor. they bombed Sevo. Uh, not Sevo. They bombed Wonga Blake like once and dropped the ball, yeah. and then they just didn't do it again. Yeah, didn't do know. it again. And they have other guys who can kick in that team and. And like some people are asking why I wasn't Deedon kicking. Well, Deedon didn't kick once in the last game. I think people sometimes understand Tom Deedon's role here. He didn't kick once in their last prelim, sorry, last final. And he did kick in this one real late. He had his first kick of the ball. But it felt weird that they didn't, as you said, target Wonga Blake. A lot of aimless bombs were going up, you know, and not really spectacular ones either from Chad Townsend's boot. Real aimless kicking game. And they weren't really testing the Eels and that whole second half of it were there. It was like one contested bomb he put up for uh, for Gutherson late in the game, but they played that, that spine played really side to side as the game went on. And 
a lot of people acting like the conditions weren't a factor because Parramatta won. It's like mm. conditions are absolutely a factor. Like both they, teams were changed. The, he changed the way they managed their rotation completely. Well, like, also, like there was no off ball movement, mate. Yeah, there was. Like there um, was no any like none of the tries they scored, mate. Had a hard line runner. None of them. You know, like that's what both teams do. That kind of stuff. Like when they were going side to side at the end, the Cowboys. If you rewatch some of those spreads, you just got mm. Nanai setting their gas and Luch standing on the other edge. No one's running off ball. You know, no one's moving around, and that's what was really hard for them to score. They kept going left and right. No off-ball runners, no real hard runners. And obviously, the conditions that we thought they'd favour the Cowboys, history's proven that, and, and the Cowboys were ahead. But the Eels hung on with those conditions, played through it. They were ga- like You could see how gassed they were and took opportunities when they came. Yeah. They took opportunities to like individual brilliance, really. Like, Reid Marnie spots that gap for RCG. You know, a Sean Lane hit and spin and throw is one of the other tries. Another one's an unlucky forward pass. Like, you know, they took their moments. So it wasn't exactly like the, the Eels... You know, all the Cowboys' attacks ever look slick through that whole game. The conditions were absolutely a giant factor. Yeah, it's. I mean, they were gassed by the end of this game. I mean, they were hold. They were just holding on. Like, yeah, five, five more minutes, the Cowboys probably score. I, although maybe not because their attack was so awful. But um, they were peppering them repeatedly in the last ten minutes of this game, and Parramatta just kept repelling them and repelling them. Um, Sean Lane, though, uh, we got to talk about him. Uh, we've been pumping his tires for a little while this year. And I think finally, after this game, the sort of wider rugby league community is now doing the same. Yeah, obviously he missed 15 minutes of this game with, you know, he had his HIL sit and came back on. But that second half, mate, like, you know, respect Tamalola to be the guy to take over second half. It was Sean Lane in this game. And he's, every time he run that ball in the second half, he looked damaging. But also he was there for efforts and defense. Like right towards the end of the game, there was a set where he made like two or three tackles in a row. You know, he put that charge down in on, on the charge kick, down. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. The kick was actually the right play, by the way. Like he just got it wrong. Like in that situation, they had nothing was really going on. Felt had Sevo was up on the line. Felt had him. He just got the kick wrong. But Sean Lane did charge that down. Like Lane was everywhere, and then had the energy to you know put that one decent hit and spin on. But a lot of people mock Reed Marnie's passing, and he did pass forward a lot. And he did have some poor moments in this game, but his hands are over almost all their points that he took the right option and. That try for Regan Campbell-Gillard is that they've caught on the ground. Reuben Carter gets up slow. So, Reese Robson's on the ground. Drinkwater takes up the wrong position behind the mark. He's behind the play the ball, whereas he should have been left side of the play the ball. But he's taken an extra number to the blind side, which wasn't there. Marnie found that. You know, that happened there. The next one was Sean Lane. Similar thing. He's caught Nanai and Carter at the play the ball. And Chad Townsend, by the way, is like five meters offside on that one. We don't hear anyone complaining there, but anyway, he's like five, he shoots up well offside, seeing Sean Lane's one on one, one on one with him. But instantly, Marnie's seeing Nanai's there, gets Sean Lane one on one with with Chad, and gives Lane a chance to make something happen. And with how Sean Lane's been playing, well, he did make something happen. An awesome hit, spin, and offload that you know the ball skills we haven't really seen from him in the past that have been here there all year. He's put a really good season together, and I do think now with just how well he's played the last two weeks, I think he'll be on that plane to England as he deserved to be anyway. But I feel like he'll have a bit of a momentum in that regard that people are talking about his name and similar. But he was fabulous, and we'd already seen we've seen the highs of Sean Lane in the past, mixed in with lows or not even lows and non anonymity. You, you wouldn't even know he's playing some weeks, but. He's put together a season now, which is, you know, one of the finest back row seasons we've had this year. And yeah, he, he, you know, if 
if this happens again next year, he'll no doubt be an origin forward. People seem to care about more about than Australia, but he should play for Australia for me come into the year and probably start for them too. Yep. I think he's going to get there for sure. Um, yes. Yeah, that's not a scenario I don't think any of us saw coming this year, but here we are. No, no. Like we have we have one friend of ours, a friend of the show, Edwin Smith, has been a Sean Lane stand. Loves like Sean that, Lane. Forever. Loves Even him. since before he was an eel. So he loved that's that. True. So he, he could have predicted it. <laughs> but I won't believe anyone else who says they predicted yeah. it. I believe him if he said he had him in his Aussie team. Yep, that's he, fair. He, he that's had fair. a cracking year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. Look, it, it's probably better for the neutral as well that they won because Tamalolo would have missed the grand final, which is obviously gigantic for the Cowboys. Um, interesting. He came out today and said he doesn't want to serve his suspension in the World Cup, which I agree with. I think it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, they're always moving around. That, that those, but you know, whatever it gets moved around all the time. Those boundaries where people want their suspensions to be served. Whatever, just interesting. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, I will say Sean Lane on that second half though. He had nine runs, eighty-four meters. As we know, that's tries, just line break assists, four tackle breaks, four offloads, which is huge. Those offloads for him are huge. And he didn't even have to make that many. He made eighteen tackles, which isn't a huge amount. But he made eighteen. Only missed one when they were going at him when he was gassed. It was just a really good half from from Sean Lane. Real good numbers from an edge back rower in a half of footy. Yeah, and heartening for them. I didn't think Mitch Moses played particularly well, and they still won. He played pretty good in the last few minutes when they needed settlers and stuff. But yeah. by and large, he was below his best, and it didn't matter. Just didn't matter yeah, at all. Exactly. I mean, Chad didn't kick much better than him anyway. Like obviously, Moses had two real mistakes and missed a penalty mm-hmm. goal. But Chad didn't kick much better than him anyway. And yeah, the Cowboys, you know, it's not, you're never really going to, it's really hard to get a prelim final at home, right? Obviously. Mm. They never get many better chances than they had now. So they'd be uh, pretty disappointed this week. Yeah. Considering they smashed them earlier in the year, they're at home. Every advantage, really. So they're at home. I mean, they're fully fit, mate. They come into a fully fit week off. Bomb yeah. tries and opportunities. I mean, Cole felt bombed a try at the end of this game as well. You know, ten minutes, nine minutes ago, he stepped on the sideline, but also That's not threw it down. I don't think he did either, but they didn't show it again because he stepped yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, um, they didn't love yeah. the throw the hammer on at center for five minutes thing either. Just put him on in the middle. Like he took, like why take Hiku off for three minutes? It didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny. Mitch Moses misses that um, that penalty goal, and they end up winning the game because of it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, a real good win from them. And uh, I thought Tamalolo as well had a fantastic game for them. And he's one of those forwards that people talk about million dollar forwards. You can see every cent of it with Tamalolo for mine. Like he still had more than bloody 10 meters of run in this game and still at his size can get around that field and work hard for them. I think they'd be disappointed in the, in the output of some other guys in that middle. Like, you know, Colin Hess didn't play very long, but I wasn't particularly impressed by him. Jordan wasn't McClain impressed with Jordan McLean defensively, no. I thought Cotter really and bad. Griffin Neem were pretty good. Yeah, I thought Griffin Neem played well. Yeah, um, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Certainly, conditions didn't do the rest of them as many favors as we'd expected. Yeah. And now, so uh, we've talked this game for 20 minutes or so, but there's we have not yet talked about the main talking point that's dominated the the, the coverage after the game and in the days since, including today when Graham Annesley came out and said it was a forward pass. I was like, I love that that I love that the stories came out. Oh, Graham Annesley's admitted it was forward. It's like, yeah, we, we know. We we all saw we that all one. saw it. That's fine. They missed the call. Shit happens. But I really I, I get it's a bad call. No one's arguing that. And mm-hmm. I you know, I'm not I don't have a dog in this fight. I would I my team was still in the comp at this point, so I would have rather have yeah. played the Cowboys anyway because they were going to not have their best player. So 
Um, no one's arguing it's a bad call, but it happened pretty early on. You scored the next time you got the ball two minutes later. And on top of that, you were winning by eight points with 20 minutes left. So, yeah. and also one of the tries to... they scored came from Mitch Moses kind of getting held over, held and pushed. Yeah, they never looked at, like, I remember, um, he runs straight over to the ref on that try and they don't even look at it. It's weird. Yeah. One. And I'm fine with it. I am, but it's like, that's controversial to some people. And the full pass, it's actually not as forward as it looks. It's forward. It is. It's true. It's not as egregious when you watch it back, but it still is. Yeah, forward. when you realize where it left his hands, where it got caught from, it kind of looks more forward because like of where Gutho like comes back under the ball, whatever. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a forward pass. Everyone admit it. But as you said, mate, that the calls are going to happen, and it's it's such loser shit from this fan base, and also the way it's it gets awful. covered. How like the I cannot believe they turned right back to conspiracy stuff, mate. It didn't take long. Did, are they forgetting that they literally? And I'm they not the using. Comp. I'm not using hyperbole here. They literally, um, were the beneficiaries of the worst refereeing decision we have ever seen in the entire time that I have watched rugby league against the Tigers earlier this year. Yeah, I mean they and- were on the right end of that, the worst call of all time. And I get look the foreign thing that happened was atrocious, but they were already losing that game. The seven tackles set against the Tigers that happened in like. A, it was like, what, the first week of the finals or the second week? And B, yeah. again, it was like eight minutes into the game that happened. Get over it. And the tw- the hilarious, the most hilarious one for me, and we've already talked about this, but like bringing up the 2014 one with the, the Robert Louis forward pass knock on, whatever they ruled. It's like, that is the most obvious forward pass slash knock on of all time. Like it is not a try. It reminded me of when Andrew Fafita didn't score in the World Cup for Tonga against England, but everyone kind of wanted it to be a try. Yeah. So they were just like, oh, how how could why didn't he check it? Why didn't they say blah blah blah? It's like because well, it wasn't a try, and that wasn't yeah. a try either. And they keep going back to this from like eight years ago. It's a decade as, ago, twenty twelve. And now. also, they, again, as you said, they won the premiership the following season. So who gives a shit? Yeah. But the twenty twelve one, mate, that's the only one of those that you said. Like the the hand of foreign, legitimately, he just punched the ball forward and they've missed it. Okay, that's they got that call wrong. But in that very same game, like when it's twelve six. Ash Graham, I can't remember who he strips, gets away with a two and one strip and they score off of it. Like the next next position. They steal the ball illegally and he, they score that set. Don't hear that. And they went down 16 12 before the foreign hand of foreign happened. You know, they'd already lost the game. Then the hand of foreign happens. Whatever, doesn't matter. The 2013 one, yeah, it sucks, as you said, but they had a lead in that game, 2013. And on the siren, Kane Lynette bombed a try. Like he stepped on the sideline. You can blame the referee all you want, but you know, it's a weird conspiracy to sneak in. If they're sneaking a seven tackle set in the eighth minute and just let the game go from there and hope the Cowboys lose, you know? Yeah. And the, the 2014 one, mate, is just like it's a so flat out full part. It's a knock on from Robert Louis. And you as you said, when you rewatch it, you can guys look it up now. Robert, look up, you know, 2014 Cowboys on YouTube. You'll find the re someone's put a clip up there which has the commentary from both nine and Fox, and they're all willing for it to not be a knock on. But it was. It was a knock on. You know, it's what it is what it is. And then yeah, they got a weirdish call, a tough forward pass call against them last mm-hmm. night. But somehow it's a conspiracy again. If you ignore the seven years between in the middle, and it was out to get him again. And turn look, it, it up. And this is my other point with this stuff, dude. It's like, okay, so we accept that this call was wrong. What do you want what do you want? Do you want them to just stop the game? The game just ends at that point because there's no point continuing on because they've been robbed. Like, what do you yeah. want them to do? They made a shit call. 
shit calls happen sometimes. Get on with it. I'll tell you what, it wasn't even the worst call of the weekend. The worst call of the weekend came on the Panthers not getting a try late in the other Crying. game, which didn't matter because they were winning by a lot by that point. But that was easily the worst call of the weekend, not this forward pass. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it just sucks that that's what people are talking about from this game as opposed to how well yeah, Parramatta came exactly. back into it. And the Cowboys, you know, there is referees that happens, but most of those losses, they had themselves to blame. And that fan base has this loser stuff and nobody seems to care because the Cowboys are like in North Queensland. They're just like, they don't, no one knows a Cowboys fan. They just feel sorry for them. It's true. It's like if, if a Sydney team fan base is doing this, how much shit would that fan, that if this was that the Yeah, if this was the West Tigers, Dragons, called, the Panthers, called Dragons. Yeah. Like all this stuff, but no, it's some global conspiracy against the Cowboys, which again, those poor really little Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's again, it's frustrating because this game was awesome, and it, this shouldn't be the takeaway. And of course, it's come back into the news cycle today because they came out and talked and, about yeah. it at Annesley's thing. But yeah, awesome game. Happy for you, Power. It, it was a great. It was a great game. I thank. Luckily for Power's sake, that they were Friday night because I think every day recovery will count. But they will. Mm. They would have been bloody sore the next the next couple of days. We also the heaps are in at full time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good on them. Good. good on their fans that went up there. Um, yeah, happy for them. We'll see what happens next week, though. And they will, of course, be playing the Penrith Panthers, not the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who, <laughs> for the fifth year in a row, have fucked it all up. I do like doing that. Ugh. This might be the worst one. Not, like, uh, not uh, because... I think they were going right. to lose regardless in that second mm, half. Maybe, but, like... I don't know, dude. Like, 2018, Roosters are a better team. 2019, Raiders are a better team. 2020, Panthers are a better team. Last year, intercept, misconversion, shit happens. This year, 12-0 up, ball in hand, five minutes left, inside Penrith's half, and somehow that half ends up 12-all. And I mean, obviously that's point, massive, obviously, but I still felt I felt like they were gonna they were gonna run you guys I, down. I, I mate, I, I I agree, but I also think that if you just get in the sheds up like 13 nil, it's, it's yeah. pretty easy to go on and see the game out from there. And like, we have more options in front of you, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I say so. And it's just, it's just sucks. Cause I didn't come into this game with high expectations. Like I know I tipped them on here, but I was never not going to tip them on here. Let's be real. But um, most people, when they asked me how I was feeling all week, I was like, Oh, we'll probably lose, but maybe we won't. Um, and even at 12 nil, I wasn't like, Oh my God, we're going to be in the grand final. I was like, yep, just got to, Keep playing smart. Keep hitting them. Seahawks are really physical in that first 25 minutes. I thought they were awesome. They were actually winning the middle, which never happens against Penrith. Um, and on top of that, they benefited from several slices of luck that, like, just every everything went their way, didn't it? Like, that, yeah, that bounce, that that ball, that, like, Ilias getting grabbed by Luai before that ball bounces to Tungo for that try. Um, on another day, Mark Nichols offloads that ball and a Penrith player just catches it instead of knocking it over for Cody Walker to score a try. Richie Kenner, yeah. his elbow nearly goes out like a millisecond before he puts the ball down. Um, obviously, the obstruction thing was hilarious. Just everything that could have gone in South's favour did. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that one, I think they also admitted today in the briefing that that was a try. Was that? I thought that was the right call because it's no, black it's, and white. It's, well, it's, it's not though, right? Because the black and white rules are made around the block play. And around right. like in possession, they made around structured footy, and that was not structured yeah. footy. That was a broken play thing where, like, all Fisher Harris was was a support runner, and he yeah. honestly he didn't affect anybody. Oh he no, didn't. I thought it was a horseshit call. Like, I thought yeah, it was obviously it. not in any way 
anyone had been impeded. But I just thought that it was yeah. one of the like you see there sometimes, right, where a winger scores oh, and I they know. just go, oh well, outside shoulder, bang. Yeah, I get that. And, but yeah, so I, th- I believe that one they okay. also said today well, was whatever. Um, well, I, I'm glad it didn't end up costing Penrith the match. That would have been so upsetting for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I and look and and our friend George Clark, actually George Clark. Not Mike Wood, who we sometimes mistake for George Clark, asked yeah. Dimitri about this, and Dimitri bristled a bit. And I, I expect him to defend his halfback in that situation. Uh, I but I thought he it was asked a... the question wrong. Yeah, maybe. But I, 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 I thought the the subject matter of the question, in the sense that perhaps playing so swashbucklingly in the last five minutes of that half wasn't really what was required, was probably right. Yeah. And I think one it was of those a fair question that trail, way. One of the yeah, I don't think it's all on Ilias. Maybe you shouldn't have framed it on Ilias, but I thought the overall tone of the question was fair, and the subject matter was worth exploring. And yeah, you know, it's twelve nil. Maybe Latrell doesn't need to throw a twenty meter cutout ball to Junior Totola. And then when it's twelve six with ten seconds left in the half, again, maybe you don't need to swing it to the wing to Campbell Graham, who even if he gets through, is going to get tackled by Dylan Edwards anyway, and then the siren's going to go, like. I don't know why they wouldn't have just thought to settle for a field goal. You go in 12-6, maybe 13-6. I don't, I don't understand it. And look, there's not a person in this world who thought South were winning this game after that try, right? Which one? The Brian Toto try? Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, I'm with you in that sense. Like, I know the way South plays that they they're going for that that killer blow and they're not the contender's going to be conservative and they haven't really won many games by being conservative. And I did see George on the Sunday myself anyway, mate. And yeah, like he shouldn't have asked. It wasn't. It was Ilias. It was hard. It was. He shouldn't have. It wasn't about Ilias because Ilias isn't the dude that steers his team around the park. They just you know should have they played more conservative for that period. And I'm not even as upset with the spread to Campbell Graham. The Totola pass is poor, and I mean he got a bit of a spray from Cam Murray for it, but uh. Latrell had one of those games, and it's one of those games I spoke about a bit that when the team moves him around a lot and attacks him with kicks and similar, just doesn't have his best game. But he threw two real poor passes that led to mistakes. And, you know, he was also, he fell for the Coruscant fake dummy kick, you know, in that try Coruscant scores there. And, um, you know, he was, they, 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 they picked the party's positioning in the second half, Penrith did. But, yeah, he didn't have his best game. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. They probably should have um, tucked it under the, the shirt a little bit in that in that period. I know you, you can't just put the, the footy away as a team, the way they play. They have to have cracks. But the one to the toller was like you're throwing a, a, a cutout ball, like an out ball to a prop who's hitting it, who's running a line in the middle of the field. Like, just why? <laughs> like, it's not odd, you know? And the Campbell Gray one was just a really poor pass. But I think, you know, I think the way South have played this year, I think they'd back themselves to do it every, like, I reckon yeah. Dimitri would do that again. That's just what they've been right. this year, right? You know, and yeah. but the thing that you know, there's not much you can learn from Penrith anymore because of how good they've been for the few years. But I did think in this game it was the first time in the last like, you know, last year against you guys almost twice now, and uh, when they lost the final, the grand final in 2020, they didn't know how to come back. Almost like they were struggling when the games come to them physically, they got behind. They didn't. They weren't patient working their way back in. This was the first time I thought these guys know they're going to win. You know, like they were in, I know they didn't have the tries go their way in that fact back in the first half, and you know, obviously until Coruscant scored. But I thought, even though they were down 12 0, they still looked like they were just playing their footy. And that was a good sign for them that I thought they, I thought they were going to come back and win. Obviously, you made it pretty easy for them that you made it 12 all at half time. It was like, yeah, they're going to win in the second half. Like, obviously, they're going to win from there. 
but yeah, you know, think a lot of things went against them, and and they um, you know, they they end up getting on top anyway, or ever level at halftime, and you know, teams have gone to Penrith physically for twenty odd minutes, and then disappeared, and I think that's you know, it's. 20 minutes, everyone's got about 20 minutes in it. That's where South fell away. Is that they couldn't keep going with them as many teams can't and can't keep going with their ticking, kicking game and how relentless they are, you know, and South just couldn't keep swinging with them. Yeah, it's it sucked. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it was just so painful to watch them just completely piss that game away in the space of, you know, 10 in-game minutes. And then by the time uh, Spencer Lee scores, the game's over. Uh, they're never coming yeah. back at that point. And as you said, mate, like, you know, it's one thing to get beaten by them, but it's another to have so many things go your way to be up 12 nil with five minutes left and a half and to hand them a couple of tries, you know, like, and the Toto one, like, that's, I love Ganane brought goodbye back. He was confident they were going to win from there as well, but uh, not only is he an intercept, but it was almost like Toto would accept that he wasn't scoring either. And, mm. um, you know, you can't really blame Kelly Walker getting thrown away by Brian Toto because we'd all get thrown by him too. No, and of but course he, how... but of course he collides into Damien Cook, who otherwise yeah, would have tackled he, him. It's just he gets such... he gets he, he throws Walker, who takes out like Cook and Ilias, <laughs> and it's like okay, that's just the way that fell. And then all of a sudden it's twelve all, and yeah, everyone knew they were going to come out and win. But he said Spencer Lee scored in the forty fourth minute, mm. right through the front door, you know. So, and they had you know two other tries taken off of them <laughs> that were that were genuine. And your boy Tane Milne, who continued. I, I said he would turn back into a pumpkin at one point. I just hoped it wouldn't be in the next two weeks. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was quite well, bad. You know, it's bad when was. even the commentators are like, "Yeah, it's a send off." Instantly, yeah. But I do yeah. think there was positives to see us out of the back end of that season with guys like I thought, like Isaiah Tass was really good in this game. You know, yeah. for example, they had a really good Great form season. series. They got something out of him, and they saw like they missed Avili as well. I reckon too, but. Mm-hmm. Something out of him and Havili, I think that it'll be great for them in the future. And I do think they're still missing an outside back, but maybe Isaac I Thompson agree. can be that next year. Maybe. They've got a couple of guys. There's Terrell Calacalo and um, mm. Carapani as well. Just a couple but, of guys yeah. that there's wraps on. So we'll see. It looks like Tass really, you know, taking that left center position and yeah. improved though. Like, you know, five weeks into his first day career, you were asking, why can't he do anything? Why can't he pass or similar, you know? No, he's And good. he's really adapted over time. And he yeah, worked really like hard him. on the weekend. Backline's fine next year if they can get a right winger that's solid. Richie Kenner one more time. Maybe he was fine. <laughs> I mean, he's better than Tane Milne and Jackson Polo. And I have said that all year. So for a while. You have. Um I don't I never understood why he wasn't in first grade ahead of either of those guys. So, um, and he um, showed the difficulty of South Left Wing, mate. He's got his four tries in two games this year, Richie Kenner. I want to address that actually. There was multiple times in this game where he was not <laughs> Don't be a dick. He was there was multiple times in this game. He was standing in the wrong spot. He wasn't in the right. He wasn't deep enough in the in the line that he needed to be. There's a couple like go back and watch. There's a couple of times where he would have made a line break if he was in the right spot, but he overran the pass before the move came to the left. Where no, I just, didn't, I just there, enjoyed the discourse again this weekend of people sticking it the, the boot in for no reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it, it but they're wrong. Like there was literally moments in this game where Alex Johnson would have created something where Richie Kanner didn't. Richie Kanner was okay, but. Yes, yeah. there there were moments in this game. I mean, they yeah. unlikely to have affected the final outcome, but they were they were moments. They it happened. There, there were things that he would have done better, and he had a really good season. I hope he wins the Winger of the Year on Wednesday night. But we'll see. Yeah, well, we could have uh, set the Adam Reynolds dial back to worse. Yeah, well, I did tweet that too, mate. Unfortunately, it's just... the whole off season of that now that that dial set till round so one. So stupid. 
this is why I said this discourse was stupid a week ago, it was stupid a month ago, and it's stupid today mm-hmm. because people were like, oh, well, they were right. It was all that it was brilliant that they got rid of him and got Lachlan Ilias. And it was like, well, I know they've lost multiple games to this Penrith team with Adam Reynolds in the team, but kind of feel that, you know, having his leadership in, in when they got 12 0 up might have helped. So, yeah, I don't know. Even then, it's just more like, yeah, it's, it's funny just because you can let Reynolds go. And that deal that was about year three more than year one, but it's just quite funny how that discourse has been all year now that it's back to being a bad decision. Yeah. And um, that's how, you know, Penrith are pretty good, aren't they? They are. I mean, you know, Dylan Edwards, as we know, has been memed a lot for Penrith fans, but he was fantastic in this game. He did outplay this really, well. really like, good. You can, yeah, people can do all they want, but, you know, his stats are ridiculous anyway, but the effort was there the whole game. And they needed him in, in parts there to, you know, to play that clean up man. And especially when they actually were, you know, a bit behind of the running. He was really great in that game. And then, you know, Toto, obviously, I think better with him back on, you know, with Taylor May back, he'd be back on the right hand side, but he was fantastic as well. You know, that, that try was great, but just those two guys just helped so much in that field position battle for them, hey, all night. And I uh, thought Appy again, really good off the bench. That Mitch Kenny with him thing, like, I guess it's okay. I'd still rather to see Appy play, but they seem to get away now with, like, you know, scoring some plays like 30-odd minutes off the bench. Kenny plays like 40. And then mm. Lena is the only other one who comes off, and they just get away with this giant, like, the pack playing a lot of minutes. And it seems to work. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll do the same thing next week. But yeah, I thought Coruscant was really good. And him and Kikau were really moving on to the next clubs playing some, like probably their career best footy. So, you know, if you're a Dogs or a Tigers fan, you're hoping that form stays up next year. But um, yeah. they, they were both real good on the night. Well. And they might, yeah. they And honestly, like, maybe it will, maybe those are two big losses. They're two of the best players this year that they're losing. So mm. maybe they will come back to the pack a bit next year, but it won't be this year. I think they'll win comfortably next yeah. week. But like kick out didn't do anything with the ball in hand in this game, but I thought he he, he tried to aim people. up a lot. Yeah, but so he aimed up a lot defensively. Like and yeah, some of those tackles went a little wrong. But he aimed up all right. And I was and I'm quite glad um I mean Talmalolo, it's almost a good thing that he made the grand final because he would have missed it. Mm. And um, you know, Tane Milne's got six, seven weeks. Don't know where he's serving that if he's serving it for like the entire World Cup. I was keen on seeing him play middle for Fiji, but that's like what Two swinging arms in like a period of like three or four weeks. Crazy. He's got soon been twice. Oh, there is just. Yeah, um, crazy. I just watched that setback again when um, Edwards catches that bomb on his own ten meter line, makes that break, and then Penrith score. Uh, Tango scores at the end of that set. They're just so good. They're really good, mate. What they did against you? Well, that's what they did so well against you guys that you opened the door for them, but they mm-hmm. immediately took opportunities in this in in this game. Like obviously. The Coruscant one and the Bronto are pretty much like t- taking opportunity, like really opportunistic. But you know, Spencer Lenu one, they clicked in the shape instantly, scored. The uh, Isaac Tungo one, as you mentioned there again, it was so fast and they scored. And then all of a sudden, the game's over. You know, fifty fourth minute, they're in, they're cruising. They and Nathan Cleary scored a try, showing off later. But pretty much, they didn't really try and score the rest of the game, did they? No. Um, although they did have, yeah, as we said, that Crichton try should have been a try. Yeah, I know, but that was just him chasing a kick, right? It wasn't that they really yeah. tried to put anything on. It just no, that's so true. It's really dominant. Um, uh, but as you said, South probably walk away thinking they could have won this game, just because yeah. of. I mean, they got they were up twelve nil for thirty five minutes. Of course, they could have won. It's just really annoying. But I hate this narrative that they're chokers as well. By the way, like they've not been the best team in the comp in any of the last five years. I, I don't know. I know, who, you, I know people you... are saying that. People don't actually think that. 
I don't think so. But like, I don't like. I don't know. Yeah, obviously, it would have been nice to jag one, and maybe they could have been twenty nineteen or last year, or maybe this year. But yeah, um, I don't know. It just sucks. I mean, yeah, yeah. People talking about. Oh, I saw some dragons fans saying, "Oh, we got dubbed it at this period, and we didn't lose as many prelims as them." It's like, no, but you guys had like the one of the best squads in the comp, and, and the whole you know, New South ma- Wales team. Yeah, like they missed the finals a couple of times, made a couple of prelims. And like, yeah, that's why you would dub chokers because you'd had a really good squad. As you said, they had five or six Australian players in their team. And and by the by the time, you know, Wayne got there, some of the players that stayed, they had like, what, like seven or eight uh, blues reps. It's like, yeah, that's why you would dub chokers. Mm. It'd be like if the equivalent of that Dragons team was almost like a pen, this current Penrith team kept finishing like fourth. All these origin players getting fourth, fourth, and losing in the finals. Like it's that's what what the, the that's why you dub that. No one ever goes into a year picking South to win the comp. No, we've never been premiership favourites in that five years. I think. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Like, you know, and this year they've came from seventh, so it's a bit different to being chokers. And you know, maybe maybe late twenty eighteen regular season when we beat the Storm when Damien Cook scored that try. It's probably the only time I think they might have been boogie's favourites. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, but like maybe that... next year Penrith will be worse. The Storm are. Trending downwards, um, Roosters can't beat us. So maybe next year, who knows? Yeah. But it's not the same. That Dragons team, right? Had in it had Gasney and Cooper the centers, like Barrett Hornby the halves, uh, what the front row, Luke Bailey, Jason Riles. Mm. <sighs> okay, and then Ashton Sims was there at some point. Ben Craze in the back row. Sean Timmins is the lock. Justin Paul, who was nothing by the end of it, right? But Justin Paul was an origin rep too, right? He was Neville Costigan erasure from you. No, I'm talking about before <laughs> Wayne got there. And they had Brett Morris oh, come right, through sorry. that period too, right? Yeah. They had Brett Morris come through there when they had young Wes Nagamo had wraps on him. I think what Clint Greenshields yeah. was the turned into the fullback at some point and then up moving on from him. They had Colin Best come, but they had Blacklock at the start of that period too. Mm. Like that's not the same as what South are now. No. You know, it's just not. You know, and they yeah. made prelims and they did come second and similar. And, uh, and then, that, yeah, that's what they got the chokers tag. And um, yeah, it's yeah, annoying. Just... And again, like the, the troll was really Lance good. Lance Thompson, the... too, right? And they had young Michael yeah. Ennis, Lance, like, yeah, not the same. <laughs> um, Latrell Mitchell was very good against the Roosters and the Sharks, and he wasn't good in this game. And that, now yeah. it's just tiring because. Okay, okay but what if we replaced Isaiah Tars? With yeah. Mark Gaznia and okay. we replaced Tani then with Brett Morris. I'm interested. And we replaced uh Lockmillius with Trent Barrett. Then would they be chokers? Yes, probably. Yes, yes, probably. That's the difference, you know. Mm. What if they had just had an entire rep team instead, Bunga? Uh we got yeah, I don't know. It's just an, like yeah. just the way that they met they they just Mate, it's just the one way team they wins a comp every year. I know. But it's just the way they piss this away. In such a, yeah. they're never going to get. I know they probably don't need to because again, Penrith are going to lose some quality players next year, and they'll still be really good, but they probably won't be as good as they've been in the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. but they'll never like they'll never get this much luck in a game like this go their way, and then just immediately throw it down the toilet. No way. And uh, and South just had this knack, this current team, and I, you know, be it when they had Seabold, Bennett, now Demetriou. That team seems to be in the right shape at the right end of the year. They look they look like they're ready for finals football every year, and I don't know who to credit in that because that team is a lot different to what it was in 2018. Like, you know, 2018, that was Seaball comes back into a team 
and, mm. and, and it has, you know, Angus Crichton, Sam Burgess, John uh, Sutton, Greg Greg Inglis. Inglis is still there. Sutton's there. Gagai's there. You know, the halves are still Reynolds and Walker. You still have George Burgess, for Christ's sake. Cam Murray's mm. like a bench player, isn't he, that year? Yeah, like, yeah. It's changed a lot since then, but they've they, they're, they're a club that does seem to be, you know, ready for final football at the right time of the year, which is probably why they end up making prelims all the time. But it doesn't make them chokers. And I do think next year they'll still hang around a lot. But it's still, without things going in their favour, hard to see this roster on paper winning the comp and then their coming years, in my opinion. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I mean, they got relatively close this year. They did. They did. All you can do is get to this point. That's the same thing in Parrot been doing. They haven't won yet either, but you just got to hang it. Like people think it's bad. They keep making prelims. You just what well, you'd rather just get mocked out earlier. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, but maybe Parrot should let Mitch Moses leave to play Jacob Arthur at halfback to save money. To now we're talking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I don't know. It's probably. I don't. Who's who knows if it's the right. I don't know. It's just not. He's just not been a very good halfback, has he? No, Elias, no, that's it. Like, like, I'm fine with the Adam Reynolds moving on thing. It's just more I just don't rate the replacement. And I know he'll have opportunity in time, but it's like there's so many guys given opportunity in time that can perform to his level or better, in my opinion, than what Elias has so far. Yeah, it's like Sam Walker came into first grade and you were like, this is the guy straight away. We yeah, really you don't have, to be the, you don't have to be the guy straight away either. Okay, got another guy. Right? Mitch Moses sucked for ages. He did. But he had he had games and signs. You see things of talent, and he played in a bad team. And he was, you know, apparently we found he's kind of playing out of position. Essentially, he was better at seven. But South is like ready-made team, easy role. Kind of like when Brody Cross sucked at the Storm, people gave him the excuses. It's like, well, it's kind of like, yeah, he's a young half, but also it couldn't be easier. Yeah, you know? and yeah, Elias just doesn't really uh, tick many boxes. Decent defender. Handsome, <laughs> handsome, <-ish. laughs> but a good opportunity, and you know, and maybe he has a couple of good years in his career. Well, how long are they extending for? Like three years or two years? A thousand years, yeah. a thousand years, yeah. a million dollars a year. I heard hundred million dollar contracts, a hundred years. They're paying him more than they're paying Reynolds. Twenty twenty five. That's true. You, you wouldn't. You, you actually years. wouldn't read about it, mainly because yeah. we made it up. But 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 also, uh, it's a fact now. They're <laughs> paying him more than Reynolds. Uh, we have we done that. this? But five fucking years in a row. We'll have to sit here and pull apart a South's prelim slash grand final loss. I mean, and the problem is they don't... I, I I know the final score of this ended up being a blowout, but it wasn't a blowout, was it, really? Um, Especially the first half. It's like all five times. It's been like... It was a Roos game in 2018. It was like 12-4. That Raiders game mm -hmm. was like 14-8 or something. 14-10 something. I don't remember. And then... Penrith was one score in that prelim grand final last year, two points this game. Had a big lead and blew it. Um, yeah, it's great. Why do we do this? I don't know. Oh, well. It's NFL anyway. season now. We have all week to talk about this now, don't we? <laughs> the other Lamar, Jackson's, now. Lamar Jackson's really good. Maybe he could play halfback. There you go. Maybe he could, couldn't go worse. Mm. Maybe play halfback for the Eels. Yeah. Or the more <laughs> forward all game. Uh, I, get, I get jokes. Um, <laughs> Terrible. We'll be back with a bunch of other shows during the week, preview both teams, some other stuff. Um, yeah, uh, and if you, you know, if you, if you like that we're doing so many so many podcasts this week, you can go on Patreon and support us at patreon.com forward slash rookies. Never a better time than right now, really. This is when you get the most output from us all year. 
And a thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. They are Bronco from Birth, Chris Avnell, Dave, Rocky and Ruffy, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chewbacca, Snuffleupagus, Dan Connor, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Jace Felix, Farnworth, James K, Jason, Jez, you're in the top 10, Joel Wrigley, Joey Gooch, Josh Brandon, Kicks Out of the Cop, Lock on Encot, Leon, Lifelong Dolphins, Ben, Luke Ferguson, Maddie Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, My Arms Ago, Flip Flop, Flip Flop, Flip, Never Trendy, Party Cake, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Roald Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneiderfield Score, Simulbots, Shunter, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Stone Gossard, Ty, TB, the Black Vegetable, the Not So Mature Student, Thor, Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Was. Thank you so much for your support. To everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens, thank you as well. All right. Uh, we'll be back. I don't know what the plan is yet. We'll have a Penrith fan and an Eels fan. We haven't <laughs> we haven't locked them in yet, nor do we know what order they'll be in. But uh, we'll have that question time, grand final preview, um, NRLW preview as well. Um, by the way, love that I, I, I called this. Paramount is going to win the cop after winning one game. Very funny. Then there you go. They are. They, well, they played really the well on Sunday. They did. By the way. Gail Broughton is amazing. Apparently, she said she's not going to play in the World Cup because she doesn't feel like she wants to learn rugby league more before she yeah. plays in one. But like, yeah, I watched her on the weekend. I'm like, yeah, you you seem to understand this. You're the best player mm-hmm. on the field, probably. So, uh, and the Knights. That's cool. Good on them. The Knights. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that was who I picked to win it. So I'm glad that happened as well. And they were mm. for those who can punt. They were good odds pre-tournament, but. Um, yeah, the it's interesting because like I now would just feel like the Eels are going to win because it was just not based on anything, but like it just feels like like last year was ridiculous that the Roosters won, and now a team that won one game might win this year. But they it's played so well the last two games. It's like great, but it's kind of like well, that's the unfortunate thing with these short seasons is that they get thrown together, they haven't had a lot of prep or something, and then they can find their best form after like four games. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I mean. How many teams are going to be in the finals when it goes to 10 teams? Do you know? I don't know. Because, like, it I'll is kind of... It is fucking ridiculous that four teams make the finals in a six-team comp. It is. It should have, It yeah. should be, like, minor premiers should go straight through and two should have played three. But as it was, the team that won every game played a team that went one and four and lost. And which lost. is funny. That's it. And uh, they, it was kind of a comfortable win. It was weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And I guess you can't be too mad if you're the Roosters because, as you said, they did this last year. So, yeah. Um, they've been on both sides of it now, so good for them. All right. Oh, God. I hate this sport. We'll be back again tomorrow. <laughs> Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>